What's up, Banter fam? Welcome back to the show. It is a pretty exciting day for DeFi with Coinbase announcing their new L2 base. And I think it has ramifications for the entire DeFi space, and in particular, a few altcoins which I want to discuss with you today. And I also want to talk about the ramifications it could potentially have on two other ecosystems that I think people are fading. So we're going to get into all that. There also could be a potential airdrop on the way, which I want to prep you guys early for. And that's very, very exciting. And I also, before we get into all that stuff, want to run you guys through the markets and have a look at what is currently having with, happening with Bitcoin, what's happening with the dollar and what is happening with stocks and some of the altcoins as well. We have people from all around the world joining us right now. We have people from Scotland, people from Greece, people from Fort Lauderdale, people from Australia. Thank you very much wherever you are around the world. I know it's late in Europe, but I appreciate that you take the time out of every single day to tune into these streams for everyone in the US. Um, good evening, and I hope you do enjoy this stream. Make sure you smash the like button because it is a big one. There is a lot to talk about. So the first thing I want to do before we get into all the Coinbase and DeFi Catalyst news is talk about what is happening with the Bitcoin price. So at the moment, we are currently bouncing off support at 23.9. The 23.8 to 23.4, um, sorry, to 24K region is super, super important for Bitcoin to hold in terms of um, looking to come back towards the range high and obviously test those 25K highs again. But we still are, for the most part, range bound. Um, we've been kind of forming this range, obviously, you know, from the bottom extremity of 21.5 to the top extremity of 25K. And Bitcoin has basically just been hanging out, consolidating below the 25K region. But if we look on a slightly more short-term point of view, we can see that Bitcoin did break down um, out of this uh, ascending wedge here. And then we did test support at the 23.6 level. So we did have our lower rate range support at the 100MA on the 4 hourly and also the 23.3 horizontal support. We didn't come down and test those lows. We actually did make a higher low at the 23.6 level, which has resulted in a slight push-up. So in terms of a Bitcoin breakdown, it hasn't been a disaster thus far. Although just remember, you do have that support at 23.3, which is very crucial to hold because if you broke that, then I think it is likely, you know, we can come down to the 21.5 to 21.7 region. But there is two key um, indicators that I am looking at uh, uh, to like dictate whether Bitcoin will hold here. Firstly, obviously, it's that 26, um, 23.6 level, which is this horizontal area here. And then also you have two important indicators, the 100 MA on the four hourly, which is probably going to do something like this, um, which is going to act as support as well as the 2020 as well as the 23.3 level as well. So you have a couple different areas of support here that Bitcoin has to hold um, in terms of, you know, maintaining bullish structure for potentially a push up. But um, obviously in terms of like true bullish, authentic bullish structure, you do want to keep making higher lows. And that's something we've been able to do. So you can see we put in a low here. Um, technically, we did put in a higher low here, but we deviated and set in a low here. But the next low was higher than the previous one. Um, and this one was slightly higher as well. So technically, we have been exhibiting bullish momentum. Um, this is generally the direction of the market but we do have to be careful because we know we have these levels that we really really want to hold um because we we obviously don't want to go any lower and the sooner we can test range higher the more chance we have of breaking out now i'm not a permable i don't have like a, a crazy price target to the upside here like we already have had a very 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 good run so you have to take that into account um i'm just taking every day as it comes looking at the charts making sure we hold if we hold if we're bullish i'm longing more than i'm shorting and if we start to show really bearish signs of reversal then obviously you know i'll readjust my thesis but i think i'm in a pretty good position with my market exposure that you know i've got exposure to the upside if we do have a massive breakout i'm super happy and i'll trade that get in the hottest narratives in that case 
And if things start to break down and look bearish, then you know, I'll probably hedge with some perp short positions. The other really important thing for Bitcoin and Ethereum right now, um, and of course, we're going to get into the Coinbase and DeFi stuff in a minute, and that's probably the most exciting stuff. But you know, I think it's important to update you guys first before we get into the juice. Uh, the other important thing is the DXY, which is currently approaching resistance. So technically, although it was um, showing signs of breaking out um, of a longer term trend on the diagonal. I'm not the biggest fan of, of trading those diagonals. And I'm seeing a lot of people kind of posting them on Twitter at the moment. I actually think this level here, the 104 to 105 level is much, much more important personally. And I'm, and I am seeing the DXY, uh, approaching critical resistance. It's first resistance point. It is, um, testing the upper bound range of, which is 104.7. But then you also have the 105 level, which is going to potentially act as resistance. Now, obviously, if you flip this, um, and you're the dollar index, and then you look for a push to the upside, then that is going to be bearish for equities, bearish for Bitcoin, and you are probably going to see a broader market pullback in those assets. But if we do get a rejection here, which is also one of the possibilities, um, then that would result in probably positive price performance for equities and Bitcoin, considering they tend to be inversely correlated. So it's very important to just watch how the dollar index does respond to this 105 level. There's going to be two ways to trade this based on the breakout or the break down that it is important index to watch right now because um, crypto has been behaving very weirdly to stocks. And I want to kind of explain what I mean here. We could see the market in general, not just now, but throughout history has been driven by liquidity. So liquidity essentially uh, dictates how buoyant equities are in general. And we can see the global liquidity from the East and the global liquidity from the West, and then the total liquidity um, across the world tracked against the Bitcoin price, you can see it's very correlated. So typically when um, there's more liquidity being injected into the market, like we saw in 2020, like we saw in 2021, this results in positive price momentum for Bitcoin. And that is why Bitcoin and crypto as a whole performed so well during that period. And then of course, we've had liquidity coming out of the market as the monetary policy has shifted more to a quantitative tightening environment. And then you tend to see equities start to devalue. And of course, as interest rates have gone up to try and curb inflation, that has just made um, the risk assets uh, go even more risk off. So that has resulted obviously in a pullback in Bitcoin and equities um, on a more macro time frame. But it's very interesting to consider what's actually been happening over the past few weeks. And what this is, is a slight decoupling. So despite global net liquidity actually going down, shifting to the downside, we have seen an uptick in the, in, in the stock market. And we have seen an uptick in Bitcoin as well. But Bitcoin has been outperforming stocks. So we can see here on this chart that the Bitcoin price performance has actually gone up versus stocks which have gone down. So there's been somewhat of a decoupling over the last few weeks, um, which has shown Bitcoin and crypto strength versus the SPX versus the equities, um, which is very interesting. And obviously, if this relative strength starts to dissipate um, and the correlation between assets increases back up to that beta level of one that we've seen it you know, hover around for quite some time, then that would result in a, a Bitcoin and crypto pullback. So it is important now to note how Bitcoin reacts to equities. We saw on the weekend, the correlation increased as equities dropped and then Bitcoin had that pullback. So right now, it's very important for the stock market to hold um, in order for crypto to hold. So honestly, if, if, if you know, you're an altcoin chartist, I would be paying just as much attention um, to the S&P than I would be to the Bitcoin price itself. Now, the S&P did bounce um, off the moving average here. It did break above its trend as well before having a pullback. This isn't too bearish in my opinion, um, but if you start to break down these these levels like the, like the moving average and then um obviously some of the key horizontal supports like we've got at three eight um nine or 
or 390, then you know that, that's going to be bearish for the S&P. But as long as it holds above 4,000, that's good for crypto. So very important that we're tracking the stock market at the moment if you're a crypto trader. So that is kind of the trading update. Not too much to give you in terms of an update because basically the TLDR is, you know, we're still making higher lows um, on the four hourly. Technically, um, we did have a nice bounce of support here. You guys know my levels that we have to watch out for, you know, in case we start breaking, then obviously we look to de-risk. Um, but otherwise, it looks like Bitcoin wants to make a slight push up at least in the short term. So nothing much to say there. Of course, the market is going to react to this PCE data later today, obviously in the US morning. That is going to be a major driver. So the reason of, I think, a lack of price movement from Bitcoin has been largely due to the fact, you know, we do have those big macro um, that that those big macro announcements coming today, and that is going to move the market heading into the weekend. And due to um, you know the stocks being closed on Monday, and then obviously the stock market being closed on the weekend, um, and this week's been a relatively short trading week, uh, and big news is coming out. I expect it to be a volatile day, so I do expect major major price movements tomorrow. And then Bitcoin will have a big decision to make. So at least now you guys are prepped with the levels to look out for um, in case Bitcoin, you know, does end up making a big move tomorrow, like I think it will. So just keep your eyes on that. But of course, let's get into the meat um, and potatoes of this video, which is this Coinbase announcement. And I think it's very bullish for a few reasons. One um, is its effect on the Ethereum network, which I want to get into. Talk about the ramifications there. Two its effect on the Optimism Network, which I think it's very positive for. And I think it sets a precedent for how rollups as a service can be initiated across crypto in general, which is positive for L2s. Um, and then three, I think it creates an airdrop opportunity for the early adopters. And I want to talk about how you could potentially be a part of that. And four, well, I'll just w let you guys wait and see um, closer to the end of the video because there is something that I'm doing um, to take advantage of this as well in terms of some of the beneficiaries. Because whenever there's a big announcement in crypto, you know, it's not just as linear as um, let's along the token in question. Sometimes it is a, a game of working out the cause and effect between what one big news-based based event can do for a narrative and then looking at the other tokens that potentially could be beneficiaries of that narrative. So that is something that I always do whenever it comes to crypto narrative trading, altcoin rotations, um, always looking at cause and effects. I think it's super, super important. Um, and I learned a lot about that by reading Ray, Dalio, Ray Dalio's book, Principles on Investing. Um, so if you guys haven't read that book, highly recommend it. I think it's a fantastic book and he has some great knowledge there. And, and I learned a lot about cause and effect there that I actually applied to my own crypto journey. So TradFi does have a use case um, sometimes. It's, it's Well, we could take great learnings from traditional finance. So the first thing I want to do is explain what did Coinbase announce? Well, Coinbase essentially announced they're launching their own layer two blockchain base to provide an on-ramp for Ethereum, Solana, and others. So the so the network is called Base. Obviously, they're taking it from Coinbase. Personally, I think I missed an opportunity to call it Based with a D on the end. Um, but essentially, what they're doing is they're building that on Optimism um, using their rollup as a service platform. So building off uh, the backbone of Optimism and on the OP stack and basically trying to compete with other L2s um, and serving the final purpose of attracting new crypto users in the coming years by leveraging their already flourishing centralized exchange ecosystem. Now, it may not be as flour flourishing as it was a few years ago or you know, just a year or two ago now during the bull run, but we do know just how much traction from a pure user perspective these centralized exchanges get. So if Coinbase, similarly to like what Binance did with the BSC smart chain, can get some of the users that use the centralized exchange and integrate and make it enticing for them to use 
um, the Coinbase layer two, which is called base, then that's going to be very bullish for the network. And that's going to have flow and effects to other networks as well. So this is pretty exciting in my opinion, and I'll, and I'll explain why. So they said they're excited to announce the testnet launcher base and Ethereum L2 network offering secure, low cost developer friendly way for anyone, anywhere to build decentralized dApps on chain. Brian Armstrong said that it will help improve scalability and usability of crypto, bringing economic freedom to potentially 1 billion plus people. Base is a platform for developers to build the next generation of decentralized apps in the crypto economy. It is designed as a secure, low-cost, developer-friendly platform that enables anyone anywhere to build. And I think essentially this thread did a really good job of breaking it down. It said, today Coinbase launched a testnet of its Ethereum layer 2 base. What is it? How does it work? And what will be its impact on the broader crypto space? So essentially, this is the TLDR on base. Base is an Ethereum layer 2. It's destined for Coinbase on-chain products and an open ecosystem where anyone can build apps on-chain. So essentially like Arbitrum or Optimism. It initially incubated into Coinbase and will progressively be decentralized. It's powered by Optimism. There will not be an issue of the new network token. That is very important to note. There will not be a network token for the Coinbase chain. So what does this mean? Well, it means they're not launching a token straight away. And I expect in the future that they will launch a token. But the fact that they're not launching a token means that Ethereum is going to be the base layer token for the exchange. Now, if Ethereum is the base layer token, that means in the short term, at least for the few months and the few years following the launch of this Coinbase layer two, that Ethereum is going to be the major beneficiary. Because anytime you transact on chain, Ethereum is going to be the token that is needed to pay gas, right? So already after the Blur airdrop, we've seen the amount of usage on the Ethereum network in terms of gas increase. I think this Coinbase network is going to be a further catalyst to add to the usage of Ethereum gas. And obviously they're going to move to their own token in the future and that will create opportunities when that time comes. But in the short term, I think the first major beneficiary of this Coinbase chain is going to be Ethereum. And we can already see Ethereum has become significantly deflationary over the past few weeks. But having another big project which leverages the power of the centralized element and leverages all the users from the centralized aspect of Coinbase, that's going to be very, very huge for Ethereum. And we can see the supply chain since the merge is already minus 36,000. So in the short to medium term, I think Ethereum becomes one of the major beneficiaries here. Now, I want to talk about um, Adam Cochran's thread because I think he did some great um, he did some great responses to some of the common misconceptions and conceptions we've seen about the base network. And I think he does a very good job of summing it up. So I want to go through some of his takes now and then talk about some of the other beneficiaries. Remember, um, before we get into that juice, that if you do want to trade, you can trade on OKX using the first link in the description. Um, and also, if you're new to OKX and you don't already have an account and you sign up for an OKX account, you deposit $50, you have a chance to open a OKX mystery box. So you can try your luck. It's up to $10,000. I know most people probably aren't going to win 10K. They're probably going to win $5, $10, $20 um, or less. But there is a chance if you sign up for an account, deposit $50 that you could win um, up to $10,000. So OKX is a great exchange to trade on. Link in the description for that. Um, we're still running that giveaway. I'm not sure for how long, but at least for the next few weeks, we'll be running that giveaway. So get involved if you want a chance to open a mystery box. So Let's go through some of Adam, Adam Cochran's takes here. Um, and then off the back of that, we'll look at how it could potentially impact the market. The first thing Adam says is, well, he's responding to people that say, there's no token I can't earn. So base doesn't have a token when it first launches. 
How can I earn money off the potential growth of the Coinbase layer two? Well, for one, there is stock, but also multiple chains have launched without tokens and still been lucrative with new projects. Optimism and other projects will also incentivize farming. Now, there's actually a lot to break down in this tweet. I could probably do a 20 minute 20 minute video to break down this tweet specifically, but let's approach the first point that he makes. So how can you earn off the Coinbase um, base layer two? Firstly, there's stock. Now, obviously, the first thing I want to say is not financial advice. Um, I'm not recommending you buy or sell the stock. I'm simply going to give you Adam's take and then talk a little bit um, about how it could impact Coinbase. But obviously, we don't know how exactly it could impact Coinbase. Um, Adam Cochran says, very clear that Wall Street still has no idea how to price an L2, with Coinbase still trading at prices of last week. Despite this announcement, their loss, my gain, Coin's earnings next cycle will be a game changer. Layer 2s make $100 million a year on sequencer fees, even in the bear market, with less than 500,000 users. Coinbase has 110 million users. Account abstracted chain means ability to use Coinbase KYC to add RWAs. Fast, scalable, cheap L2 plugged directly into the app markets make it easy for retail to use DeFi. So essentially what he's saying here is this could be a catalyst for the Coinbase stock itself. And I'm not going to comment on the price performance of a stock, but um, you can look into, in your own time, the ramifications that you think it could have on the Coinbase um, share itself. And if you agree with Adam, whether you think they are potentially underpricing this in the market. But of course, you have to do your own research on that. That's the first um, potential bullish catalyst that Adam points out in terms of how you can actually take advantage of the base uh, L2. The second thing he said is, multiple chains have launched without tokens and still been lucrative with new projects. And this is pretty spot on. So let's look at Arbitrum, for example. Arbitrum has launched, accrued a whole lot of TVL, but Arbitrum doesn't have a token. So how the hell has the network been accruing value? Well, it's accrued $2 billion with the TVL, which has had a direct benefit on the prices of many of the dApps in the ecosystem. So we've seen GMX obviously perform super well, being one of the primary Arbitrum dApps. Um, GNS since its launch. We've seen you know Radiant Capital, uh, a whole lot of other projects like Dopex, um, Vela, which is one of the newer perp dexes launched on Arbitrum and actually performed super strongly despite Arbitrum not having a token. So since Coinbase, um, the L2 is going to be launching, there's going to be a lot of dApps that launch on the app and they're going to be the good investments. So when Coinbase first launches, keep your, or when, sorry, the base L2 first launches, keep your eye on the projects that deploy because the good projects that launch on that chain they're going to be the ones that accrue the initial value before there's a potential um, token. Why? Because people are going to be airdrop farming, just like Arbitrum. To actually qualify for a potential airdrop, you have a higher likelihood of doing that if you're using the apps on the chain. So when the base L2 launches, people are going to be doing a lot of farming and wash trading on these dApps to try and get their network usage numbers up so they can potentially get an airdrop. So there's two ways to play that. Obviously, you can be one of them, that tries and farms the airdrop because potentially there will be an airdrop here. And I mean, I'm pretty sure there will be a base token one day. So that's the first thing you can do. And then the second thing you can do is do what people like I did on the Arbitrum network. And instead of airdrop farming specifically, simply just invest in some of the strongest dApps on Arbitrum. And in, in this case on um, base, because those dApps are going to be the ones that people are, are washing through and trading through to try and um, qualify for this airdrop. So I think there's going to be an opportunity at some point um, to benefit from the incentivized farming, so the emissions given out, and also the potential airdrop possibility on the base chain itself. 
Another misconception is it's not better than Optimism. Why another L2? He said, I disagree. I think you'll be surprised at the feature set. Even if it isn't better, it doesn't matter. Blu-ray beat HD DVD. VHS beat better max. Tech is important. Reach is better. This is a very important point. This L2 may not be the most you know, impressive thing. It may not have the sparkly tech. What it does have, though, is access to potentially billions of users through um, what Coinbase is, which is an you know, extremely um, high-reach fiat on-ramp for US and global customers. And because it's regulated in the US, um, unlike you know some other exchanges, it does have the upper hand in terms of, especially under the whole SEC crackdown stuff, You know, being an exchange that can not only survive, but potentially thrive in the future regulatory environment. Now, of course, they are coming under a lot of scrutiny themselves. There's been FUD about USDC. Brian Armstrong has been outspoken. They're going to deal with their fair share of FUD. Um, but in the long run, being set up in the US and regulated in the US is obviously you know, a very good thing. So the reach there is very important. I won't get into too many of these because Adam you know, does a good job and you can view them in your own time um, of you know, going through some of the misconceptions. But those are two of the main ones. He said Coinbase has unparalleled reach on both the user side, so currently 110 million users, and on the partnership side um, with dApps fractured across Solana, Optimism, Arbitrum, Polygon, and BSC. So those are a couple of ways of the ways you can play it. Now, Optimism itself, it's essentially a roll-up chain. So although Coinbase is building um, on top of Optimism's roll-up as a service product or you know their stack, technically they are leveraging the security of OP. So it does become a subsidiary in many ways of the original Optimism network, which is essentially a roll-up for helping Ethereum scale via um, alleviating some of the congestion on the execution layer. So basically, like Arbitrum and Optimism, they work, and they're both optimistic rollups. They work by um, verifying execution on those chains, so those proprietary L2s, and then they'll essentially tell the Ethereum network, "Cool, we verified this transaction. Like you, you can go back and settle on 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 the main chain." Um, and it just helps alleviate some of the congestion because you, you know you, you're utilizing rollup technology to take uh, some of the pressure off Ethereum. Because clearly we're seeing, like, even Ethereum gas at the moment is crazy. And it's crazy because of Blur. And it's crazy because of, you know, now we're going to start seeing farming across um, probably the the um, Coinbase L2 as well. Because that's denominated in Ethereum, which obviously is going to cause a lot of gas to be burnt. So that's good for Ethereum. But it is bad for gas fees. So Umbrella did actually say here that, you know, if you're an airdrop farmer on the um, base token, he would wait for gas to die down. And essentially, like, just don't try and ape into, like, any of the NFTs or anything when gas is super high. Wait for gas to kind of subside. Be very selective about the time um, that you actually, you know, mint. Because uh, they, they, there's, like, a few NFT collections for, for the base um, NFT. And then there's also, obviously, going to be airdrop farming opportunities, which are denominated in ETH. He said, just wait for better times. So there's this NFT project. I don't know too much about it. I think I don't even know if it's really Coinbase affiliate affiliated. Umbrella tweeted it. You can look into that in your own time. But there are lots of kind of um, Coinbase like initiatives flying around. But I do think in terms of the the main game here, it's not the NFTs. It's going to be actually using the chain once it launches. Now, Optimism has seen um, you know a massive price pump since the announcement. Obviously, being built on Optimism stack that's inherently bullish for Optimism. It's more adoption for Optimism. Now, it's not. In terms of like pure effect on token supply and demand, it's not massive. Like it's a demand side factor because of the hype and the name and brand attachment. In terms of like the ramifications for the OP token itself, since the base 
chain will be denominated in ETH and then likely they're going to have their own token. It doesn't technically like burn OP for gas. Um, so this is probably the reason why Optimism didn't actually break out of this wedge at the moment. But it's very good for Optimism's brand and, and it is another partnership in their toolbox um, to add to their repertoire. And I just think this kind of validates uh, a couple things. Like one, OP's tech, because why else would Coinbase partner with Optimism if their tech wasn't there? Um, unless, you know, they're paying a really, really, really hefty fu- um, uh, amount of money, which is obviously another possibility. And obviously, um, two as well, it does validate the L2 thesis in many ways. Like if Base is going after the L2 approach, they've identified that is the market need. We need bridges between other EVM chains. And that's the need that that the market clearly has for our chain. Otherwise, they would have launched their own L1, like kind of BSC. And they've also decided, well, um, you know, it's it, we're going to validate optimistic rollups and potentially in the future zk rollups as optimism maybe starts to implement them in the future thanks karen for the kind words as well um as we look at the optimism chart here so in terms of the op chart this could create trading opportunities just because as i said it validates the thesis um long term hold wise i'm not that bullish on op just because its dilution is pretty significant but to be honest with you i'm not that bullish on holding anything long term right now just because um i'm trying to be a lot more selective with my entries instead of just kind of blindly aping into things that are pumped with long-term time horizons. I think that's a recipe to get wrecked. But in terms of trading um, optimism, we are going to wait for a, for either the, the breakout of this wedge. And if that happens, then you know you do have upside price targets into price discovery. There's actually no targets because, well, it is in price discovery if, if it breaks above its previous um, all-time high of 3.2. And then, of course, if something happens in the market and we get a huge reversal, um, maybe the PCE data tomorrow is bad maybe st- the stock market has a correction, then of course you've got this lower end of the range which could potentially break and that could lead to downside back to the uh, $2 to 2.1 level. But for me, the upside is more likely than the downside just given the probabilities um, of typically what we see from flags like this. Uh, obviously, we, we had the first extension to the upside. We consolidated, had another extension to the upside made a range low, and now we're currently just ranging, but the range is getting tighter and tighter and tighter, and eventually that's going to break to one side or the other. So obviously the upside's a higher probability play, but also have that downside um, mapped out just so you know exactly how to play it as well. Now, another thing off the optimism side of things that I want to touch on that isn't base-specific is the optimism ecosystem. So I talked a lot about the Coinbase ecosystem potentially being something that you want to position yourself in if it's... A, for an airdrop, or B, for just pure capital appreciation via investing in the projects that are going to be heavily farmed on. But you also do have a very interesting flourishing optimism ecosystem, which if optimism does exhibit bullish price momentum, then this ecosystem is also one to look at. Now, the important thing to note is that since OP is like so... Um, compatible since it's EVM and it's you know low fee and it's very easy to deploy a DAP if you're used to building on Solidity. And what we've kind of seen is a lot of multi-chain DAPs um, launch and decide to deploy an Optimism. So Optimism doesn't have that many like spe- project-specific DAPs. It's similar to Arbitrum in the sense that you know it has a lot of wide-range DAPs that are deployed across a lot of EVM chains that have also deployed on Optimism. But I think looking at the ones that are Optimism-focused, um, could be worth a look at. And I don't want to, you know, chill anything today because I haven't researched them specifically. It's just an idea uh, and and it's not a call, but, you know, something like a synthetics, a beats, I'm just kind of going off the top of my head. Things that are things that are just an optimism might be worth looking at. 
Um, you know, you've got Lyra as well, options platform. I actually do like it from a fundamental standpoint as well. Go look at the volume, see what the TVL on these projects like um, in terms of breaking down between optimism and arbitrum. Look at which projects are optimism dominant and that, and also have like heavy optimism plans. Obviously, Velodrome does. Um, then you can start to look into what some of the indirect beneficiaries can be. If we do, or direct beneficiaries, I guess, because it's in the ecosystem, but it's indirect to Coinbase specifically. Um, if we do get a breakout of the top of this range here, because a breakout would lead to probably a lot of hype going into the ecosystem. Um, it's already pretty hyped at the moment, so they're not long-term uh, spot aping zones for me, but they're definitely trading zones if, if we do get continued momentum from optimism. So that's also an interesting play off the back of Coinbase. As I said, I think it validates the thesis there. And of course, if you're doing like the spot trading stuff, um, it's actually pretty cool. KyberSwap has a has optimism built in. So if you go onto the um, chain toggle up, up in the top right-hand corner, click on optimism and approve the network. So I'm just switching on my MetaMask wallet. Then you can essentially trade between like any token you want on optimism. So let's say I want to trade between Arbitrum and let's pick another token. Um, yeah, Arbitrum, uh, sorry, Aave and Optimism. Then what it's going to do is it's going to filter and find the best trade route possible to save us money. So it's going to filter through uh, Uniswap and then do another transaction through Velodrome. So into Rapteeth, into Optimism to save us 0.09%. So using a DEX aggregator like KyberSwap is going to allow you to get the best rates possible. So you're not getting ripped off um, with crazy, you know, uh, price swings on 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 another exchange that maybe has low liquidity. This is going to find where the liquidity is deepest and is going to get you the most capital efficient rates for the amount you're swapping. So that's why I'd use KyberSwap. Link in the description, of course, if you're trading anything um, on a DEX, especially for spot trading, because it's going to give you the best possible rates. So what I want to do now is answer some questions um, in the comments about what you think. Um, if Velodrome hits Coinbase, I'm retired again, lol. Look, I, I won't talk about Velodrome specifically because this isn't just a Velodrome-specific discussion. But yeah, there are going to be um, applications that could get like Coinbase integrations or at the very least, because they're already built on Optimism, maybe like early um, adopters of the new base chain. So the ones that do adopt early, and and look, I don't expect this um, launch to happen quickly. It's going to you know be, be a slow and steady rollout. But the ones that announce it early, um, they're definitely ones to take a look at. I wonder if they'll allow other tokens on their chain from the start. Uh, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna allow DAP deployment. I, ha I haven't looked into specifically like what the requirements are, but if it's like you know an Arbitrum DAP, then technically anyone can deploy on it. Um, but you know maybe obviously for Coinbase specific support, they're gonna need to like vet projects and that kind of thing. What about the effect on Matic? Doesn't affect Matic because Matic is basically what I would call. Um, well, it's basically an L1, let's be honest. Um, it's, it's okay. It has components of it that are L2-esque, um, like it's side chains and stuff. I mean, it's overall vision is to be an L2, but it, it's kind of operating like an L1 at the moment. So it's, and it's also not an optimistic roll up, although it does have ZK EVM coming. Um, it's not like in and of itself, a roll up solution like Arbit Arbitrum or Optimism, which right now are better products tech wise. Now, doesn't mean Polygon can't get there one day. Of course, you know, they have the backing, they have the devs, they have the finances to like hire and really aggressively ship code. But, you know, Arbitrum and Optimism are better products just from a pure usability standpoint if you've ever used them. Um, the Matic version launches in March. Yeah, they're launching their ZK EVM in March as well. Are we forgetting the corruption Coinbase is guilty of? Um, well, I mean, one, I can't speak on the corruption, but two, I mean, this is this is crypto. Like a lot of stuff happens 
Um, a lot of stuff happens in crypto, and I'm sure, like, they are US regulated, though. So I'm sure there's a much less chance of them being corrupted than another exchange being US regulated. You have to be a lot more careful when you when you're in the US. You have to remember that as well. Someone said Bitcoin moving up. Let's check. Um, yeah, it, it did move up from its lows, but we still see here that we are currently testing this kind of 24k region. If this flips bearish, that would that would probably result in us coming back down to 23.6. But let's see what happens. Uh, obviously, the market is just kind of waiting for this PCE data, and it doesn't really want to make its mind up pre-US Open on Friday. Given how um, Bitcoin and crypto reacted to stocks over the weekend, I think it's all eyes on, on the stock market tomorrow. So that's what a lot of people are waiting for. Someone just gave us his call list of altcoins, Velodrome, Phantom equal... Oh, no. So Velodrome for OP, Phantom equal BM, for BNB, Thena, Matic, Saturn. So you gave us a pick for each one. Yeah, I mean, uh, look, I don't know too much about Velodrome. I like equal. I think it's solid. I like Thena. I mean, it's a solidly fork at the end of the day. So at some point, it could end up going to zero. But I, I like the idea of it, um, at least in the short to midterm. I don't know too much about Saturn, but I've heard it's decent um, for their text decent. So yeah, I, I say this is like a decent list for you altcoin degens if you want to research some stuff. What's a really risky altcoin to buy? Wow, you guys are complete degens. You want you want the risky stuff. Um, well, the first thing is I wouldn't be buying any risky altcoins like now. Now, like I would wait until um probably to either twenty three six or to be honest, like I would wait. I would probably wait for like a breakout of this level because that's more of an indication we're going to push towards range highs. This is like a very flimsy, um, a very flimsy level of support. And so I'd, I'd either prefer to buy on like actual support or I'd prefer to flip uh, closer, you know, and look like we're pushing up to the range highs. But even the, then that, that becomes a short-term trade because like longer-term trades, you don't want to take any until we've really consolidated above um, 25. So like really for me, it's either we get a big pullback and you buy um, with the thesis that, you know, we're going to swing and test range highs again, or you wait until we actually clear range highs and then you long. So you might give up like a few percent uh, in the run-up, but you're getting a confirmation buy. This isn't like the, my favorite buy zone ever because we're kind of in no man's land, especially ahead of tomorrow. So I'd at least wait a day. I'm personally not DCAing today, but it's completely un, un, up to you, like when and how you buy, obviously. But personally, I'm not buying today. I'm waiting a day. Um, and I'm not in a rush either. Like I've got pretty decent capital sidelined, I take advantage of opportunities when I see them. I don't like ape into too many risks unless like I'm pretty, I've got high conviction. If you want some risky stuff to buy, I mean, obviously when you buy is your call, but I'm looking at, so on my watch list, um, I'm looking at some of the phantom stuff. I think MPX and equally are interesting. Like you asked for DGEN stuff. Obviously there's, you know, probably better like L2, L1 narrative trades. But in terms of like really risky stuff, those are low caps. Um, some of the fault solidly forks are interesting, like Thana. Um, you got Level, which is a perp. Dex, which is getting a lot of volume, although a lot of it's airdrop washing. I think Vela post airdrops interesting. Um, those are just a few of the things I'm looking at. Obviously, in tandem with uh, trading on the AI stuff. So I think AI probably gets another uh, another like boost at some point from the Bosch partnership news. I think there's a lot of partnerships which are on a lagging, maybe one to two week basis post uh that initial pump which could result in like decent price action i see fet has kind of started to range here which is good it's starting to consolidate um i think you got ocean as well like you got adjix i don't know i'm just looking at maybe i'm not like buying spot but looking at 
trading opportunities on the AI projects because they've come down, but they also haven't completely tanked, which is an indicator to me that there's still enough momentum in that narrative to have another push to the upside. So for me, I'm looking at that. Uh, I'm also looking at ZK still. LSDs ahead of Shanghai, uh, which is like Frax and, and a few others. And I, I still think they can perform well, but obviously they're all beholden on Bitcoin. And then, yeah, the China narrative, I continue to trade. It's becoming more difficult every day to trade. Um, we have like a huge dump and then a massive pump in a lot of them. So it's like very, very, very volatile. But I guess these charts look similar to um, similar to the AI charts in the sense that, you know, they had a pullback, but they're also consolidating. So relative strength clearly with these kind of coins. But yeah, full Bitcoin breakout needed um, to provide any sort of confluence for any risky altcoin narrative trade, at least today. Greetings from Belgium. What's up? Anchor looks like it wants to run again. Yeah, let's do some TA on Anchor. Anchor does look interesting. Anchor is a liquid staking derivative, so ran off the back of Shanghai, um, but also had some short-term catalysts, which caused it to pop. Um, so, I mean, okay, so you can't, you can barely even chart this thing because it's pumped so much. Unless you go like super high time frame, then we can kind of start to pit... Uh, resistances. So you got this first one, which is actually approaching. That's like the key level it would need to break. And actually, this goes all the way back to um to last December. So that's the first key level you want to break. Almost looks like a cup and handle. So and then obviously you know we got the rejection. So it can continue to like pull back a little bit here before obviously when you we break that horizontal, that's when you're going to see that massive um, price movement. If we do get it. That is more of like a macro view of things. If we go in to like the hourly chart, because you said it looks good, then we can kind of chart its support here. I mean, it, it has pumped so much, so it's difficult. Um, you've got the first level here. Then you've got a... So that's like, if, you, if you're expecting a real retracement pre-pump, that's where you probably want to buy at, thir at 35. Uh, so if Bitcoin pulls back, then obviously that we're probably going to actually look at Anchor hitting those levels. But in the short term, if Bitcoin reverses and you know starts to climb back up again, then you do have like this this like initial wick to the downside, which is gonna probably be some sort of uh, market level that that we see like a fair bit of buy volume kick in at the forty three forty three level. So that's kind of what I'd look at on anchor. If you want a long anchor, of course that's a long scenario. In terms of shorting, um, you kind of miss this initial short because what you could have done is tracked the trend here and once you started to see the trend break down that was kind of your indicator to flip short um but you know not not a great trend line with not a lot of tests either so I, don't blame me if you didn't get it the next short opportunity would be the reversal here which is you know continuation to the downside a little like pump probably a fake out rejection and that's that that's where i look at shorting if you're a shorter um but of course these can also become you know support zones for longs if they if they hold Why are you listening to Richard Hart's price calls, bro? What are we doing? Gareth Soloway saying we're going to 12K. I mean, 12, 12... Uh, look, in trading, you can't think in absolute terms. You have to think probabilistically. Now, because like nothing's for certain in crypto. So that's the thing with trading. It's never like, oh, we're going to get a breakout and we're going to pump. No, it's like there's an 80% chance we get a breakout and a 20% chance we're not. That's how you have to think. 
So the real question is, right, what percentage do you think that we're going to hit 12K? That is more important than saying, like, oh, we're going to 12K. Or I think we're going to 12K. Because I think could mean I'm 51% sure. But like being 51% sure doesn't give me license to trade like all my capital in that thesis, right? Because I'm there's still a 49% chance I'm wrong. So I have to like save myself somehow if, if I'm wrong. Because there's a high chance I'm wrong. So what are the chances we hit 12K? Very low. Sub 20% in my opinion. Now you got to make your own percentage uh, like probabilities based on how you read the market. But man, like sub sub very well sub 20k um sub 20% in my opinion think probabilistically not in absolute terms if gareth thinks we're hitting 12 that's okay he's allowed to have that opinion i'd say his opinions it's certainly got some sort of percentage uh, chance attached to it maybe that's 5 10 12% but it's not the likely thing to happen it's the unlikely thing to happen and those percentages factor in some sort of huge stock market drawdown. Now, I think Q3 and Q4 definitely could have huge stock market drawdowns. I'm not fading a, a, a I'm not I'm not fading the potential of um, a general reversal. What comes first, we don't know. Like 30k could come first before that. But yeah, Q3 could see blood in equities. Q4 could see blood in equities. If we're kind of zooming out and looking at how the year plays out, that's why I do have a lot of capital sideline. Because look, if I'm going to be buying spot. Why would I buy spot after a, after a massive pump when I can you know protect myself a little bit against the potential that this is more of of a short term move and then buying a better prices on more of a long term time frame? So that's why I'm pretty heavy in cash because you know I want to be positioned for if we do end up coming down to like I don't know fifteen twenty um, once again I can I can start to take advantage of that. So that's why I'm heavy cash, but I'm also definitely going to be trading this move up if we get that breakout. And that's why, you know, we do a lot of narrative trading and that kind of thing. Um, and looking at hot trends to see, you know, what trends are going to be the strongest performers if we do get that breakout. Joby, what's up? Crimson's here as well. You guys are the, the regulars. You're here every single day. Um, really, really appreciate it. Someone's spitting uh, FUD about certain coins in the comments. Lots of FUDsters. Uh, I've noticed a trend in crypto, especially on YouTube. It's like either you're full FUD or you're full pump. There's like no in between. There's no middle ground these days. 20% chance, trade made. Um, Yeah, like probably 10 to 20%. I mean, that's a complete off the top of the head probability. Um, If you want to get an actual probability, there's like a lot of complex math that would go into it. But oftentimes like our, our intuition serves as like enough of an algorithm to come up with some sort of rough percentage which is why i'm gonna say 10 to 20 percent of gareth's call uh, on gareth's call you're mostly cash yeah i mean i'm similar i'm most like i have more cash than i yeah i actually uh try to do the math i think i have more cash than i have crypto which technically means i'm more than 50 percent cash but i'm pretty heavy equities and always am long equities just because that's how i trade i don't really like swing trade equities i'm more like accumulating equities so yeah i'd say i'm like pretty heavy cash then i'd say i'm like 30 to 40 percent total net worth cash Roughly. I mean, it could be more soon. Like, it just depends. Just depends. Like, I might end up, like, if we get a um, like a massive extension to the upside, I'll, I'll start to de-risk again. Um, obviously, you know, trade it, but also de-risk when things start to slow down, take profits. Probably that helps boost cash. We're actually seeing right now 24K um, acting as that support level. So let's see if we can hold here and push up to 24.4. Deployed last year of June, July. Yeah, that was a decent time to deploy. My deployments are actually in November. FTX is when I went real heavy uh, on spot. I haven't really bought spot since December. 
So I didn't buy spot Jan, didn't buy spot Feb. Um, when I say buy spot, I'm referring to like long-term spot. Long-term meaning one year plus holds. I did buy a lot of short-term spot, like narrative trading spot. Like you can get into an AI coin spot and trade the narrative. You can get into perp dexes, trade the narrative. You can get into Chinese coins. Like you can do all that stuff using spot, of course, but that's not like a long-term bag. There's a difference between a long-term bag and a short-term bag. Only 20% cash, consider taking profits. I mean, look, Joby, there's no like need to panic into profit taking just as there's no need to panic into profit buying. Um, 20% cash is decent. It's not horrible. And, you know, if we do get this big breakout of 25, which, I'm, you know, may not happen, but it may also happen. If we do get that big breakout, you, you'll have huge opportunities to really load up on those stables. Um, and look, if we do start to break down here and things look terrible, feel free to de-risk a little bit and look to get back in around 21.5, you know, but I, I wouldn't obviously wouldn't do that with all my portfolio better to like pick a percentage of your portfolio you're adaptive with, and then pick a percentage you're less adaptive with. So want to hold long-term anyone buying super farm or other gaming right now? Um, no, but Elio had some good, uh, insight on super in my last spaces on Monday. Like pretty interesting. Obviously, he's got a vested interest, but he's pretty excited about what they're building. He says there's no bear market on fun. I thought that was like a, a good line from from the spaces. And in terms of other gaming, um, long term, like I have a few, like yours was the PYR. We, uh, I'm in pretty like decent spot positions for PYR long term. Uh, yours, I've got some position in. Uh, Gala, not yet. I just I think like there's still a fair amount of dilution to come. Probably want to buy that later in the year. Hi, Miles. Great show. Thank you very much, Terry. Only gaming I'd buy is Sand or Engine. Um, did Rand give away the 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 BitGet and Bybit Rolexes yesterday? Did someone win? Did we announce a winner? Is there still a chance? Because I know there's still four more days in Feb, but I wonder if anyone's claimed them. I wonder. Nobody, you guys know? No, nobody claimed them. No one claimed it. Nobody claimed them? Are you serious? Wow. Okay. Well, since nobody claimed the watches... If you guys haven't entered yet, you still got a chance. I, we say this every week. We say Rolex giveaway and then no one claims them. But genuinely, every day he does try to give them away. Um, so if you actually are on the ball here, I'll tell you exactly how to get involved. Sign up for a link in the description to either Bybit or BitGet. Open a trade. One trade equals one entry. 10 trade equals 10 entries, for example. Make sure you're in the Discord. If you've done all those steps, then tune into the main shows, um, round shows, which are roughly... Uh, what is it like in EST? What is it in EST? It's like 10 a.m. 10 a.m. EST, something like that. Um, I know what it is in my time. It's 1 a.m. Australian time. Tune into Rand shows. At the end of the shows, he puts the UID up on the screen. The UID is your account number. So make sure if you've entered that you're actually looking at your account number. So on Bybit, um, or BitGet, in the top in account information, you you have your number. If he reads out your number on the stream, then make sure to email the giveaways line as soon as he does it because that is how you actually get um, the Rolex. You need to email the giveaways banter email, which is in the main show descriptions, if Rand brings a number up. But apparently no one's claimed their number, which is crazy. You'd think someone would have. But um, yeah, we still have, you still have four days to get involved then. So links in the description to the Rolex giveaways. Um, and yeah, if you, if you tune into the show, you'll... You'll, you'll obviously see if you're the winner and then make sure you email if you actually do win because one's a $25,000 watch. It's definitely not worth um, definitely not worth like avoiding it. Giving away Rolex cheapens the show. Uh, it may cheapen the show, but it deepens your pockets if you win. So like, it's up to you. Do you guys want free money or not? 
He's going to post them in the Discord. Okay. So make sure you're in the Discord as well. One of the prerequisites for obviously signing up anyways that you're in the Discord. So check the main show, check the Discord, and that'll that'll keep you updated. I'm sure you're involved, Crimson. Um, I'm sure most of you guys are involved anyway. Um, Adam, by now. You know what's funny in terms of Atom? Um, let's actually see if I can give you this thread. Uh, so Jose said, and this is an interesting point, and I think it's worth discussing maybe another time in more depth. Jose said he thinks the Atom token itself is actually inferior to the ecosystem. By the way, Jose is the founder of Delphi's um, VC arm. So, you know, gigabrain, absolute gigabrain. He said Adam will end up being competed against by the winning app chains. If Adam had enabled smart contracts and been less Bitcoiny, so stagnant in its approach, I would have been much more bullish. But he thinks the app chains are going to win. So he thinks something like an osmosis or an injective that becomes like a genuine trading or DeFi hub, um, since those individual app chains, app chains use the, the the Osmo and injective tokens as the um, governance and gas tokens of those chains they're going to accrue value better than Adam because smart contract deployment on Adam's like not here. Um, or at least, you know, wasn't here in the early days of Cosmos when it probably needed it. And the Adam token basically has just been used for airdrops um, and staking, which is fine. But the Adam hub is like, the Adam hub and Cosmos are different things. So <clears throat> basically what Jose said, and I would agree mostly with, with what he said. Um, what Jose said is, look, if you're going to invest in Cosmos, and he's extremely bullish on Cosmos, by the way. He said, it's one of his favorite ecosystems. He's so excited. He loves the composability and flexibility that app chains give you versus Ethereum. But if you're going to invest in it, he thinks app chains are the way to go. So find the best app chains. You've got, you know, you've got Mars, you've got Astroport um, pivoting, you've got Kojira, you've got Osmosis, you've got Injective, you've got some great projects launching on Atom. Um, I like, I personally like Osmosis. I think the valuation is pretty high though. Um, if you like the, yeah, if you like Co- Cosmos then look at the app chains because that they could potentially be great um, fundamental projects to hold long-term. And I agree. I truly agree. I'm not in any of them yet, full disclosure. I haven't bought any of them yet. I'm just, as I said, I'm pretty heavy cash, but I will get into these at some point. Um, you best believe I'll be deep in Cosmos when the time's right. I just haven't really made the move, but that's an ecosystem I'm researching. And of course, the Jose interviews on the channel and on my Twitter if you want, um, if you want details. Why do the technicals on Matic look so much better than everything else? So let's chart Matic. It did have a lot of FUD, though, over the last few days. It did have a lot of FUD. Um, it did have a lot of FUD. But it actually held pretty well. We can actually see it. It it, it pivoted off these lows pretty nicely um, and didn't even end up, end up actually getting back to range high at 130. But it has started to... Um, you know, it didn't have enough strength to actually enter to enter like new price discovery. Now it's not new because it historically has been higher, obviously, but it hasn't been that high in, in a couple of years. So it didn't get enough um, momentum to push up towards that $2 level, that key historic level, which is like a shame because look, unless it clears $1.50, then I mean, there's not too much upside here in the short term, really. But there, like, there was a good bounce off of the range high, which flipped into support. Technicals look good from that standpoint. Um, maybe we do get a reversal above, but I just don't know if it's high probability now because this is a big drawdown. This is like a 
13% drawdown. And now to the upside, it's like 15%. So that's a big move just, just to clear. It already has to move a lot just to clear its previous highs. And then it needs to push up again above that initial 15%. So that'll only be possible. I think Matic only breaks that if Bitcoin breaks 25, uh, in my opinion. It, it's Look, it's just been hit with a lot of FUD recently, which have hurt its strength. Um, obviously, the layoffs and just to like a lot of Twitter stuff about like Maddox's um, financial health, which Sandeep did um, disregard on, on the show. Fair enough. On, on the interview Randy with him last week. But in terms of Maddox, um, yeah, it's like, it's like not the most attractive long here, but it's a decent like trade if you're a trader. Phantom, Phantom actually kind of looks similar to Maddox. Here's the main difference though. You've got a pretty key trend starting to develop that if we break becomes a decent trade. And it's this this here, this diagonal. So we're starting to form like a bit of a wedge here. I would definitely look at um, how Phantom reacts to this zone. Potentially could lead to a trade. This is on the four hourly. So we'd definitely look at how Phantom reacts to this channel. It's going to make a big decision soon. Uh, break to the upside. Next target's 57 to 60 cents. Obviously, 64 cents is that main level to clear. But you know, I was pretty happy with what Michael said yesterday. It was It was a pretty good... Um, pretty good interview, pretty insightful interview. And I really, really, really enjoyed that conversation. So yeah, that was great. That was really good. Might have to trade some Adam to osmosis. I mean, yeah, it's up to you. You don't need to do it now. Look, I don't think there's a rush, bro. Like I think you've got months actually to, to get the right allocation here for Cosmos. Like that's why I haven't been in a rush. But yeah, if your thesis is like mine, which is app chains, um, have more upside than the Atom token, then of course, if you're 100% an Atom, maybe it's worth considering going like 20, 30, 40% into the eco. Maybe 50, 50. 50, 50 is good because then at least 50%, you're still getting exposure to the airdrops and then 50%, you're getting exposure to more upside, right? I also want to remind you if you if you sign up for a NordVPN, we're running a 59% um, discount right now on two years signups and there's a 30 money there's a 30 day money back guarantee so if you sign up and um don't actually like the product so you think it's shit which you're not going to because it's good but if you think it is bad for some reason you can just get your money back after 30 days so pretty much a zero risk um trade here getting a nord vpn since you get to protect your assets for like six dollars a month protect thousands of dollars for six dollars a month and also get all those other fun benefits like overseas netflix and all that sort of fun stuff with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you're not using a VPN, what are you doing? Um, you can you, you can get a pretty good deal at the moment. Just reminding you, because I don't know if this deal will be for that long. It may be, but I, I don't know what NordVPN's um, pricing's like on their deals. I don't know how long it'll go for. So while you can, I mean, it's not a bad time, right? Crypto Schmipto. Um, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a good idea, but of course, like, yeah, not financial advice. you got to make up your own allocations. Um, Dr. 70 or Adam to 130, which is more likely? This is my last question I'll answer, and then i got to head off because I've got to film content for the weekend because I'm going away for this weekend. Got to take maybe a day off, off crypto, which is like, you guys may not think that's a lot. For me, a day is like, well, um, that's a lot. So considering I'm going to be off for a day, I will pre-record some videos today uh open sea versus blur which i think is interesting with the airdrop and then also chat gpt i have a good video on trading on chat gpt so okay let's look at adam versus dot 
Then I'll head off. I mean, firstly, the Adam ecosystem is better than Dot. But the Dot token may be better than Adam. That's a it's a big call and it's a weird call, but if that can if you can make sense of that, then yeah. <laughs> I mean, bro, one hundred thirty. Ah, uh, how are we even thinking of one hundred thirty now? I mean, yeah, in a in a, in a crazy bull run, I can hit one thirty. But I mean, I can't even chart this, bro. Like that's a that's a ten <laughs> x eleven x move. Um, then dot. Man, what did you say for dot seventy? I mean, so you're saying what's more likely to ten x is basically what you're saying. So actually, dot's already been there, right? I'd say dot's more likely. I'd say Adam ecosystem's more likely to perform. But dot tokens more likely to hit seventy. That's what I'd say. Are we coming back on Sunday? Absolutely. Uh, I'll be on for Sunday for like four hours, three four hour stream. We'll live stream. We'll look at shit coins. Um, we'll trade. Last week was a lot of fun. Probably too long. Last week it was like six hours. But um, yeah, five six hours is a little long. But I, I do enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. Um, so hopefully you guys are back. Moon math. I love it. I love it. Moon math. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining the show. I will see you on the weekend for those two pre-records, which are going to be good. And then I will see you on Sunday as well um, for a video. And then on Monday for... Oh, man, I'm going to see you every day, basically. So uh, you shouldn't miss me too much. Of course, I'll be on Twitter in the meantime if you need me. But until then, I will see you technically tomorrow, even though it'll be recorded today. And yeah, remember all those giveaways and stuff are in the description. Um, for that, for the OKX mystery box up to 10k, bit get buy, bit Rolex giveaway, and also NordVPN. Uh, but yeah, we'll see you guys on Sunday for a big stream. And until then, see you later. Peace out, guys.